talk about Grey's Anatomy because I mean okay so maybe if this season had not been as good we would have recorded a few but really I feel so much more compelled uh, seeing as the season is amazing just oh I I cannot remember a time that I was looking forward to the next episode so much right me too me too so much. Yeah. I didn't really plan a recap of what's been happening plot-wise so far, but um, I can maybe do a quick quick reminder, not that our listeners would have forgotten, but Megan's back. We're dealing with uh, the repercussions of Megan being back on... What are the repercussions on Nathan and his relationship with Meredith? We also saw Teddy. Amelia has a tumor. She... Uh, it got operated on by her douchebag old professor who happens to be great at medicine, luckily. Um, what else? Joe, uh, there are hints still about Joe's storyline with her husband. We're slowly building up to that. Um, Jackson and Maggie are kind of dealing with some, perhaps, attraction for one another. Uh, April finally spoke with Jackson about Montana. So much is happening. And uh, we're kind of here to talk about the first um, four episodes of the season and what we really appreciate most about those four episodes and how the season is turning out so far. Very excited. So we have a top three each. Um, Sports, do you want to give us something, a top Talking point. Start off. Yes. With. Now, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear on this. I don't have a favorite one because yeah. I couldn't make a favorite. No. So, so I'm just gonna start with what I think is the catalyst. Krista's back, and you can tell. Oh yeah. So my theory, and I, of course, I have no idea if this happened. No. Is that you know we had seen Krista had tweeted about. A meeting she had with Jesse Williams and people were posting the picture saying that he was out with a new girlfriend. Yeah, I remember that. And she that. said, no, she's out with her show producer. He's out with his show producer talking about where next season is going. Yeah. I think that she did that with the actors. I think she did it with the writers. And in my, in my head, my headcanon is that she put them all in a room and said, of all the storylines you've written recently... What are the ones that you felt disserviced your characters the most? And how do we fix it? And I think that some of that actually has come to pass on the TV screen. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, and she wrote the premiere. And we've had this conversation before that we have felt that ever since she was gone, no one can write Bailey the way Shonda and Krista write Bailey. Yeah, People we've talked tried, about that. But nobody can write them the way she does. Mm-hmm. And Bailey, just in the, the the premiere with the clogs and the shoes, all I could think about was um, Into You Like a Train, 
where she comes back to the hospital after having her anniversary dinner interrupted and she says somebody go get me the real shoes i feel i look ridiculous yeah and i i this episode by the end of it she's out of her heels and back in her clogs so she's back to being our bailey yeah i can see that just the little things that they do and kind of made fun of and discarded pretty quickly over these these episodes, the whole, um, you know, may, the the scene this last week with them sitting at the table when they're waiting to find out about um, Amelia and how she's doing, um, and they all say, "Well, we could, wouldn't it be great if we could blame it on a tumor?" Yeah. And Alex does. I wish I could use it for my stuff. Hey, Deluca, I'm sorry I beat you up, tumor. Yeah. And <laughs> Arizona says, "Minic." tumor i was just like awesome (laughs) so good there's a lot uh, of that stuff yes and i know that you love krista you may actually love her more than i do so i'm in love like (laughs) i i've been discussing with like behind that our friend lauren who's been on the podcast i was like maybe we should send her flowers like i i'm really inclined to send her something because i i love her I love this season, and man, and I mean, not to say that she, she's the sole reason why the season's so good, but I mean, I think we can all feel that it's a different show, and I think that the big change that's happened is that she is now head writer, you know, so I think we can uh, pretty much assume well, that she has a big say in what's happening. She has a respect for the history of the show. Yeah. That I... I have to wonder if um, what she's doing, instead of making stuff sensationalized to to try to get ratings, instead, okay, let's honor the history of the show, and I believe that we get the ratings from that. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the showrunner has no control like, like over the, the promos. No, and I know no. The promo for the premiere... Ugh, horrible. It, <laughs> I know how much it bothered you. No. And, and then I, I watched the episode. Yeah. There's almost nothing about triangles in the episode. No. And I knew, like, but, I knew the promo was not indicative of the episode, but it pissed me off. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the one thing that I would love to see Krista do is get on the phone with somebody there and say, you know, I get it. You want to create some buzz and excitement. Do you think we can do it without pissing people off? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. You know, there's a there was a speech in the the season premiere when they're trying to deal with uh, Megan's case and they're kind of disagreeing on what surgery to do and Meredith kind of becomes the the main doctor on the case and she makes her plan and she has Teddy in the room and she says, you know, I know you're Megan's advocate, that's why I have you here, but I need you to understand that this is my plan, and I have her best interests at heart, and you have to be okay with me being in charge now. And I f- that felt like such a taking over the writer's room type of speech, you know? Like, I have this vision, you guys have all your different favorite characters or the characters you favor or the ones you feel like you write the best but I have this like this idea 
of what our season should look like. And we have to be like cohesive in our vision and make this work type of thing. You know, I just, I mean, I've, I have no idea if that speech even happened. No idea, but it felt like something that a conversation that would have could have happened uh, uh, behind the scenes, given how different the season feels. I, yes. Yeah. So good. Oh. And even with all the serious medical cases that they've had, there is a lighter tone. Yeah, and they, they, they're, they're back to the dark humor that did not work in the past few seasons. And I thought that maybe it was because uh, Christina wasn't there anymore. So I thought maybe it had something to do with that, but I feel like it was just a bit off. But because now they're back with it and it, it's really working again. The tumor, like, you know, the tumor conversation this episode, that's dark stuff. <laughs> that, that, was, that was sitting laughing at George's funeral dark stuff. Yeah. And it worked. And, um, and I don't yeah, think it would have worked in the past few seasons. Not as no. well. It's just, I love it. And there's this, like you mentioned, like there's this, uh, there seems to be this desire to fix a few of the storylines that were lacking in the past few seasons. Like just, just in the premiere, we got so many mentions, like April finally freaking talking about what happened in Montana. Uh, yep. Like, come on, my God. Maggie and Jackson, this episode, actually had like, coming to realize that there's this kind of sibling relationship to them. I don't know if, like, that the end of their attraction to each other. I think maybe not, but still the fact that it's addressed is is interesting. Um, I think just how we are, we saw April and her praying this episode, um, like, it wasn't annoying. It felt right. The fact that she was praying to ask for something, but she also took time to go pray to thank thank God for looking over Amelia. And just, that was, that was beautiful. Like, it felt like a better way to address April's fate than we've seen in the past few se seasons. And just, Amelia's tumor feels like a redirection for her character. Like, last season was such odd behavior for her. Um, it seems like there's this will to address the personality, a personality change that might happen this season. Very so let's say that we have um, that Grey is without Krista grew its own tumor. Yeah, and over interesting. For six or seven seasons, it grew until there were parts of the show that we didn't recognize anymore. Yeah. And now it's been taken out, and we get to rediscover and relearn a lot of things about ourselves. Yeah, and those are actually the points we're kind of going to discuss, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the symptoms that have left, or that we we're starting to see slowly dimming or not so slowly really looking forward to this. <laughs> i'm looking forward to episode 300 right is there going to be a special concept to it do you think or is it going to be a an episode that kind of encompasses everything we like about the show um we haven't been very hush hush about it mm -hmm. whereas when it was the 200th 
you know, there was, they were on location in Los Angeles and we kind of, you know, we got some pictures of the cast and we heard some stuff about it and we kind of were able to piece together that it was going to be a fundraiser. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do this time. They're not really dropping a lot of hints. No. I have some of my own theories and guesses. I think that's when Joe's husband shows up. <gasps> Drama. Yeah, Could be a way know. to have them pull together. Um, well, I, I really think that we're seeing so much of all these doctors unified and working together instead of being off on all their separate cases so far um, that I, I really can see them rallying a, around Joe. And let's face it, uh, with Meredith Gray in your corner and Bailey in your corner and Chief Weber in your corner, does this evil creature even really stand a chance? No, I don't think so. No. No. He's going to get crushed like the bug that he is. And yeah. I look forward to it. Me too. You know, that's something I've been meaning to kind of talk about. And, and this might be a misconception. So maybe you can help me with this. But um, you were talking about the 200th episode and pictures and blah, blah, blah. Something I've noticed. And this might be... I might be wrong about this. Because since we're not doing the podcast on a weekly basis, I'm maybe less aware of the articles that are tweeted out and what's happening and the spoilers that, come, that, the spoilers that are coming out. But I have found like there, there, is, there are less spoilers there are less hints of what's going to come to uh, in the next few episodes like there there has been more surprises like i cannot tell and, you and the I amount think... of surprises i've had in the last episode i think i freaked out like three times and that's not something that used to happen but i because i feel like i was spoiled and not just because i saw live tweeting but because the articles literally spoiled it before the episode no, I think it's intentional. I think that they've put a bit of a lockdown on it. I think so, too. Sneak, we're not even getting sneak peeks like we did. We yeah. got three for the premiere. But it and wasn't two hours then I think we got one for the episode after that. But yeah. I don't remember seeing a sneak peek for this last episode. And normally it's all over everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do think that that is a huge huge part of it is that it's a little bit more on lockdown because let's face it in this day and age of streaming and DVR and everything else, if you want to build excitement, you've got to make people want to see all 42 minutes and see it live. Mm -hmm. And if there's too many spoilers and too many um, teasers and things, they can start to piece together stuff. We have 42 minutes of television but you release nine minutes, which is 20% of the show, in sneak peeks. And then there's an article or two with a spoiler. You can figure a lot of it out. And you know, okay, I can just DVR this yeah. one. Yeah. And it's also the hin the infighting that comes with it. Like, people arguing or the, like, they put these scenes out there out of context. And people get very riled up about them. And we the, the fandom kind of starts having these, these heated conversations. And it's so exhausting. <laughs> that exactly. when you get to when you get to the actual episode, you're like, oh, 
I, I'm not interested because I've been arguing about this all week and I don't really care about context anymore or what the outcome's going to be. I feel like it's that. Yeah, but it's interesting that you mention that because online on Twitter during the episode, the overall experience that I'm seeing is far more positive. Great. That's great. I want that. You know, there there are exceptions, but um, for the most part, and, and it's just so much more supportive. And you hear the expression, old school grays, and they yeah. talk about the sisters' relationships and how I understand more about Owen Hunt and what makes him tick. In the first four episodes of this season, then I, I probably got in the last four years. Yeah. I get him now. Yeah. Because if I had had a sister that is really as awesome, as funny, as charming, but as stubborn and intelligent and as doesn't take any crap from no. you... The way that Owen did, and that was suddenly taken from me, I would be devastated and wrecked and not necessarily know how to go forward either. No, and you have a forever guilt, and that guilt transcends everything you do. I feel like Owen has the most guilty conscience of a character we've ever seen on Grey's. And, and interestingly enough, we're about to learn a lot about that next, um, not next week, the following week. Because yeah. we don't have Grays next week. Yeah. Yeah. This is so it's exciting. Okay. Grays can be preempted for the Great Pumpkin because the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown rocks. <laughs> Agreed. So one of my points was like the, the storylines they were trying to f kind of fix. Not to, I, I shouldn't say fix, but I guess... Uh, put a new perspective or a new spin on it or uh, try to give them a new direction. So I've, I've already said the, my talking points, so we can move on straight to one of yours. Oh, okay. Yep. I made it organic. Um, you didn't even notice. I didn't. I'm a seasoned podcaster now that I'm retired. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're not, you're only semi-retired. That so is you know. true. That is true. Um, I, I want to talk about my new love and appreciation for Meredith Grey. Me too. Because yes. this Meredith Grey, this Meredith Grey, I will champion for as long as there is a breath left in me. Me too. Because not only is she still a fierce doctor and advocate for her patients, but she has found the balance that we've been waiting for from her with family and being open with people and communicating with people and not internalizing everything. Mm -hmm. the, the maturity in how she has dealt with Megan and how she dealt with Amelia's tumor. Um, so she's made me ugly cry a couple times already this season. Um, uh, the first time was when after learning about Amelia's tumor, she went and just went in the room and just climbed into the hospital bed with her. Yeah. I lost my school. I lost it totally. Yeah. And then this week when 
she's walking out of the room after they've reunited Farouk with, with Megan. And she just looks up. Yes. You know? She just looks up. And when she's telling Megan about the rash decision she made about Zola yeah. at the beginning of season eight, you know, I just like, okay, Meredith wouldn't always have shared that personal story. No. You know, and when she was with her therapist and made sure she got his ring for him, I'm like, oh my goodness. Meredith is all, not only is she grown up and an awesome surgeon, she is truly probably more extraordinary than Elsa could ever have wished or hoped for. Oh, way more extraordinary. Like, like she is talking to Joe like Joe is a decent human being. Which... And the way... What? she admitted that, oh, I didn't even think of that. I'm so sorry. What? And she meant it. She, she... was sincere. Yes, she's likable again, and I'm so excited. <laughs> she isn't just likable. She's admirable. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Um, there is this, and it, it, this falls right into one of my, my, my points, like, there's this likability of the characters that's back. Like, that, I think one of the things I've said, we've talked about most last season was how all the characters were unlikable. And I don't mean, like, one arc that makes them unlikable. I, f I feel like it was repetitive behavior and situations where they were just not likable. Like, I, I didn't like anyone, and I just could not understand what their motivations were, what where their behavior came from, what was happening, why they were fighting, and I feel like there's this likability that is back, and I think, like, Meredith has benefited from that. Finally, she's grown up. She fe It feels like it's a character who's come to peace with all the crap she's been she's been given i think arizona is more likable than she has been in a long 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 time i think i've always liked april but i feel like she f she feels more mainstream likable she, she fits with them now she doesn't yeah. look like an outsider anymore no which i've been waiting for all my life honestly like i've never understand like it's brody's been rewatching um well, she's been watching season 13, and I've been re-watching a few of the episodes with her, and how they treated April when she got Meredith's job, and how they just treated her in general through that season. I just could not understand. It was like they had reverted back f to the Mercy West dynamic, which was very strange. And uh, now seeing her at the table and talking about the tumor and her being power of attorney and... It was, uh, it's beautiful. And it's not just that they are likable again, it's that they seem to like each other again. And they're not as uh, self-centered as they were in the past few seasons. Like Arizona leaving the hospital in the past episode and seeing April laying on that bed and stopping to go talk to April, I feel like that's not a scene we would have gotten in the past season. Or even the past season. Oh no, you're, you are absolutely right. They they are acting. They are friends more again, like the family yeah. that they have in in a while. Yeah, and they share past experiences, which is something I've been dying to have. 
like Meredith talking about the Zola situation you just mentioned and Arizona stopping to talk to April about having shared custody of your child. Like, it's so important that these characters acknowledge that they have shared experience and that they talk about these things. So rich when they do. And yep. Arizona just laying on that, that bed with April and being like, yeah, I do have hot Italian sex waiting for me. So what, you know? I have time for my friend. I have a few minutes to spare to be with you. And, oh, I'm and, so and, happy. And, you know, uh, I don't often talk about faith a lot. Uh, because that's very personal for me. Mm -hmm. But I just love how they handled April's in this episode. Me, because me I truly believe that uh, a spiritual person can have a great deal of faith, but it doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all of them. They just, it may guide their decisions and whatever moral choices they make, but it isn't all just about that. And they can completely function in other aspects of their life without people having to throw that at them or make that a negative for them. Yeah. <sighs> Just it was the scene with Harriet at the end where she's just she's saying thank you. Yeah. She's just I think that she's just saying thank you for for Harriet, for Amelia surviving, for having a friend like Arizona, for being part of this group of people. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, thank you for today. Thank you for what I have. And it's a lesson that, you know, uh, I, I really think that, that that's a, a lesson and a message that I think should resonate because you never know. No. I mean, you could go take part in a study and suddenly you have a softball-sized tumor in your head when you're on television. Or in, in the real world, you go to a country music concert and 12 minutes later... Over 500 people are injured and 58 people are dead. Yeah. It's not something that you expect. So I think that giving a little bit of thanks at the end of the day for having a good day and having good people around you, I'm on board with that. Me too. Me too. And you know, you were talking about them meeting with Krista and talking about things like different character traits and different storylines. And I feel like I mean, Sarah, she's talked about being a person of faith before. And, you know, I, uh, yeah, I feel like her, if she got the opportunity to talk with Krista, that would be something she would mention. The way April's faith has been dealt with in the past few seasons. Um, I just, I love how they, they are dealing with her. Yeah. Such awesome. Such well. Um, okay, so another thing I'd like I would I wanted to talk about is um the hospital. Um back in the day of when Sam used to be a regular on the podcast, I remember she used to talk about how, you know, in season one and maybe a bit of season two, like they after a shift, they just looked like people who had gone through a shift at the hospital. Like their hair yep. was messed up, uh 
They just, they looked like doctors, not glamorized Hollywood person who who went to Hollywood hospital, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we, we are getting a little bit of that again this season, especially in the past episode, you know, having been... Yes, it served his storyline, and I understand that, but him just sleeping on that gurney, or April just laying on that be- be- bed in at the end of her, of her shift, or Arizona, when she came out, she had it looked like her, she had taken out her braid and was just yep. going home like that. Like, it feels lived in. The hospital feels lived in again. Even though it's this new glamorized hospital, this whole rebuild hospital, it feels lived in. The characters seem like they've had a long day of work. It just makes more It feels more real. Not not only that, and I don't know if maybe... It's, it's funny that you mentioned Sam because I was thinking about that and how much lighter it is. Yeah. Yeah, it the lighting. Light again. Yeah. But even even so much as... when they have morning shoots and they go through the day, it looks like when stuff is later in the day that they've actually asked some of the guys to grow a little bit of stubble or not shave off their five o'clock shadow. Mm -hmm. If you watch Nathan's face a little bit, DeLuca's some, there are times of the day that they're not as clean shaven. Yeah. And that, you know, that's just a subtle thing that they can do through makeup, but that gives it a reality. Yeah. But the hospital is brighter. Did you notice that? It's more Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And I love that new overhead shot with that re- uh, that section. Um, I don't know. What is that? Like uh, uh, one of their lobbies or something with that new um, fa- like rock facade wall. They have that overhead shot when you're coming through there that you can see characters walking in and they stop and stand on the seal. We yeah. start with Jackson and Catherine came in. Mm-hmm. I love that shot. Me too. And Chandra directed this one, I believe. Such beauty. Yep. We saw Catherine's home. Well, I'm going to call it Catherine's. Because I feel like it, it, it like Richard kind of moved in with her. But because I feel like that's a Catherine, Catherine house. I was excited to see that. I, I'm guessing it's a place they got together because I'm quite certain he didn't want to keep the home he had with Adele. But it's such huge. Like, I feel like Richard would yeah. have a more simple... If it was just up to him, you know. It's definitely set up for doing entertaining on the level that Catherine is used to entertaining at. But she still cooks dinner and stuff. And I think that that's kind of cool that she may do all this fancy stuff. But when it's for her family, for her son, that she and Richard kind of go in the kitchen and do that and and do it together. Mm Mm-hmm. Those beans looked good. The whole dinner looked good. (laughs) And having them, I feel like that's something we've... Like, how in the world have they not done that family dinner before? That's a very good point. Who would skip out on that dynamic? 
right? Oh, I would just want to be a fly on the wall. And there's this... Uh, Kelly, Kelly, this episode... I think every episode I comment about how I love Maggie and how they're just this... The way Kelly plays Maggie is so relatable, so awkward, so... I just love this character so, so, so much. So much. She's so... So good. And, you know, I don't mind admitting that I was wrong. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. I was wrong as well. Just, you know? Because <laughs> you know? we were like, what? No! I mean... We were we were not kind. No, we were not. But I mean, but, it was boy, a plot. It was the yeah. plot, like, because I remember her being in that interview with uh, Christina, right? Yep. And being like, "There's this this character. She stands out. Like, I feel like yep. <laughs> there's this thing about her. She's gonna come back somehow." I, so I like my initial 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 reaction to her was that she stood out and she would come back. So there was something to her I probably liked. It was the yep. whole Ellis is my mom surprise, Richard is my dad surprise that did not sit well with me. So at least it was not character driven, you know, dislike. It was purely plot that didn't really work. That's true. Oh, she's so good. I love her. Love, 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 love her. Um, I like the character usage. Like, we've talked about this before, how it's it's probably hard for them to juggle such a huge cast, especially considering how much talent there is on that cast. But I feel like they... So far, they've done a very good job of making everyone intricately involved. It makes sense which character gets what storyline. Like, I feel like suddenly even even DeLuca gets this very interesting, very interesting storylines. Uh, he has two. I feel like personally the Amelia storyline has told me more about him than having his sister around. We have yet to really have a whole thing with his sister i feel like just i love how they've been using everyone everyone yep. has a storyline no one feels left out so i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and you can tell me i'm crazy you're crazy okay but if jerica had stayed what's happening with deluca right now would have been hers yeah, I was thinking about that, probably. With, with the exception of the sister showing up. That no. kind of support for Amelia, that would have been Stephanie. I, I, I agree. I was thinking that as well. Okay, so I'm not crazy. No, it's not at all. But I do like that it's him. Um, like, I would have liked yeah, Stephanie, well and I think Jericho would have been amazing at it, but the fact that it's not necessarily this character we would expect to have this storyline makes it all that much more interesting to me. And how awesome is it that he knew what she needed This at the end of the episode with the tumor? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Just the feels. I know. I know. Aww. <sighs> All right. Do you have anything else? General things? Um. Uh, 
no, I think that we've probably hit on the hit on the big ones. Um, you know, we didn't talk about Teddy, but the way that they brought her back, genius, was kind of how Teddy was introduced. Confident Teddy, you remember that first case where she tells Christina what to do after listening to that baby mm-hmm. when Arizona decides they're going to be friends. Yeah. That Teddy, that Teddy is the one who who came back. Um, because we, let's face it, as much as we loved her, there was times where Teddy kind of lost her way. When you well, first met Teddy, Teddy wouldn't have married a patient to give insurance. No, but do you remember who left? Like, Chris, like Teddy's introduced in season six, right? Yeah. I feel like the transition year between Joan... Uh, and Krista and uh, was seven. I feel yeah. like had we not lost Krista, <laughs> I mean, we're going to make her just the, the the best ever and blame all the good things on, on Krista. But, you know, just I feel like there was this... No, she was a, an abandoned character who had nothing to do for the longest time. Teddy, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I loved... You know, and I, I really... The only other thing is that in not only in embracing their past, but they're actually mentioning the other people, the other characters. We That's saw a important. Picture of, we saw a picture of Christina. Yep. Picture of Christina. They mentioned, you know, they mentioned George. They've mentioned Ellis. They've mentioned Derek. They mentioned Callie. You know, they made a joke about Teddy marrying Henry. And My all favorite of that character. is just... Yeah, I mean, just, they actually talked about Stephanie. They didn't just, you know, okay, she told us she's leaving and then not mention her again. Yeah. Um, the interns. The interns that are coming in. What do you think of them? Okay, well, glasses, funny. I just don't want him to, like, so, okay. We have a big cast. I don't want them to take the spotlight away from our core. I don't mind them being used as, like, a teaching device, comical relief, but I don't want them to be complete whatevers. Um, I like that there... It seems like we're going to get introduced to a diverse group of interns, which I personally like that. That's interesting to me. Like, it seems like we we saw there were pictures of which interns were, were going to get picked. It seems like they're going to be a kind of diverse group. That's That might be interesting. I um, think it will. I think that we're also going to see in some of those interns that they're, some of them have some of the qualities of our current attendings. And having that mirror put up to them could make for some of the lighter comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the 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 woman, I can't remember if she's one of the ones they're keeping, I'm kind of hoping she is, who said she hates her peers. Yes. I I'm was like, like okay, that's me. You you're you're Alex. <laughs> you are. You're that's you're true. gonna be just like Alex and you're gonna get assigned to him and it's gonna drive him nuts and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. That is true. 
Those interviews were train wrecks. Oh my lord. Do pe are people not aware of how they come off in interviews? Like I don't I have I really don't have much experience. I there's only one job where I was a coordinator and I I did interviews with people, but none of them were train wrecky like these one. Whoa. Okay. So as somebody who does interviews a lot because I have to interview employees for my job. Yeah. Um particularly and I found it very interesting how kind of socially awkward a lot of them were. Yeah. This is what happens. This is where our loss of human connection hurts people. Because being used to only texting and using Instagram and communicating through social media. Yeah. I mean, even when it comes to using phones, people don't actually use a phone as a phone. Mm -hmm. I think it should be called a communication device or a tricorder and not be called a telephone anymore um, because we use it for everything else. But because they don't always have one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face conversations anymore, they don't get practice at it. And we also, in many ways, are raising a generation of kids who are great at taking tests. We spend a lot of time teaching them how to do well on tests. We're not necessarily creating or inspiring creative thinking and thinking outside of the box. Yeah. And inspiring people to want to go and learn more. Yeah. Instead, we're kind of putting them inside boxes. And I think that being that socially awkward, when you go to a situation where you have to do interviews, your first 10 are going to be terrible because you're not going to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're portraying that very well on screen. There's also because, that, yeah. that being in school for 5,000 million years and having no chance to socialize because yeah. you're a doctor. That's, I think it's Callie who mentioned that. Oh yeah, high school that with they're scalpels. All basically, still in high school. Yeah, yeah. It was that was the beginning of season three. She's talking to Finn when um, Izzy's laying on the floor in the bathroom. A shiva. Yeah. Um, another thing that we I haven't mentioned, which surprises me, I, I only thought of it as we were talking. Um, we've often talked about how our characters will go through trauma and it makes no sense that they, their parents aren't there. And we understand the behind the scenes reasons why that might be. But I appreciate that we, they took, they brought um, Mrs. Hunt back. Uh And they addressed Amelia's mother not being there. Yeah. She didn't come for my wedding. She doesn't get to come for my tumor. Exactly. And I appreciate that. Please, if you're not yes. going to have them be around, maybe because the actor is not available, like, let's just throw in a line there. They're at the cafeteria, whatever. They, they won't come because they're not at my wedding. And just let's, let's pretend they're there. Or let's explain why they're not. And they didn't bring Mrs. Hunt back to have humongous scenes she mostly was just a presence an important presence right because when your daughter's been a pow for 10 years you kind of expect the mom to show up if she's alive kind of yeah yeah <laughs> kind of and it it really it was great with the scene with his mom his sister and his best friend teddy 
the three of them going, uh, yeah, there's something wrong with your marriage, and we're going to intervene now. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's do a bit of a predictions about the different storylines we have and what might be coming for them. So we're in a situation right now where Meredith is very inclined to have Nathan and Megan give their relationship a shot. How do we see this triangle uh, ending? I you know, Well, I'm not going to call it a triangle. Okay. Because Meredith and Megan are both doing everything they can to have it not be one. Okay. So I'm not going to call it a triangle. Fair. However, I think that what's going to happen is that Megan is going to be drawn to go back. To Baghdad? Um, to Baghdad, to the military. And that this is all a matter of because we can't keep Abigail Spencer, which is a shame. Freaking shame, yes. Um, unless they do something to figure out a way that she can be recurring and not in every episode. And then at that point, have her and Nathan be together. Just have her come every couple episodes and work with Richard Nadell until you get the time where she can be done with Timeless and then just come to Graves. Because I have to tell you, I love Megan Hunt and I want Megan Hunt to stay. I do as well. I do uh, but well. I'm real. I'm, I'm realistic. I know that that can't happen. I'm just hoping that in whatever way she has to leave, they do it in a way that is as mature as they've handled the situation so far. Mm-hmm. If, Agreed. If Megan and Nathan try it and it doesn't work, and they realize we both have gone through and changed too much to be together that you're always going to be a great love of mine, but we can't be together because we've we've just changed and we're too different. And they do that maturely. I'm okay then. Yeah. That's, I mean, really, that's, other than the fact that there was a little bit of cheating involved with it, that's kind of what Derek and Addison did. They tried again. It didn't work. They didn't work yeah. together anymore. That's a parallel I, I kind of that kind of really dawned on me this episode where Meredith allowing or insisting even that Nathan give it a try is it's different than what she did with Derek and Addison, but still I think she recognizes that she has to allow that and even insist that this happens. I think I don't think Nathan would ever truly be able to be with Meredith fully if he didn't give his relationship with Megan a try. You have to try it if he comes to realize, if they come to realize that it's not, you know, they can't work out, then maybe Nathan and Meredith can be together fully. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, there's this past history that has yet to be addressed between them. Nathan had cheated on her. It seemed like their relationship might have been ending when... uh, just before Megan disappeared. So I'm thinking that eventually they're going to come to realize that they're not... They've just outgrown their relationship or that they're ready to move on from one another. And I think that then Nathan and Meredith will probably get... uh, I don't want to say a second chance, but they'll probably reevaluate how they feel about each other. Um, 
but you know, it's it's very it's fascinating to me of all the storylines we have. Meredith's reaction to Nathan and Megan is the most. I think it's a storyline that has me the most grateful because I love, love, love that Meredith thinks that Nathan is getting the chance she will never get. I love that Meredith sees us like that, and I think personally think that Meredith is mistaken. I don't think that Megan and Nathan are the same as what Meredith and Derek were. But I love that she is really insistent on that. It feels very organic to me that Meredith would think that. And uh, I think she'll come to realize that it's just two different situations. I think that Meredith would go back to Derek if the situation was reversed. But I don't think that Nathan and Megan are are going to last. Sadly. No, and you know, it's actually, there will be some basis in fact on that. I recently uh, spent some time watching a Ken Burns PBS documentary called the Vietnam war. And they spent some time talking about some of the POWs that had been held in Hanoi and how many of them, when they came back, their marriages didn't last because the, the difference in experience over that length of time changed them so much that they couldn't get back to to where they were. Mm-hmm. Many of them divorced, and then there was, you know, they they got remarried, and those marriages have been going on since they came home. But their original marriages didn't survive the that post imprisonment stress. Yeah. Yeah, and just. Yeah, so I, I, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I love how the storyline story has been dealt with so far. Joe's husband. So you've mentioned you think he's going to come back on episode 300. And how do you think it's going to end for Paul? Um, I would love it if, if it would end with him going to jail. Me too. But here's the thing. In the real world, that's usually not how it ends. No. So, I, I guess that I think that it's going to end with her getting to be able to be divorced, to maybe learn her real name, and that could be very interesting for her to have been Joe Wilson for us for for five years, and then suddenly she's someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you think she's going to go back to that name? I'm wondering if Joe is actually her first name and it's the last name she changed. Mm-hmm. That I could probably kind of live with. <laughs> um, that or she legally changes it because she has her new life. Which I could I could see her doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that the, the resolution I want is him in jail and losing his medical license. The resolution I think that we're going to get is going to be um, her getting a divorce, be able to move on with her life, and he ends up having to be out of it forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he gets punished uh, for what he's done in a way that's going to be acceptable unless he does something 
Again. Really insane and crazy, like, attack, like attacks her in Seattle. Yeah. Which could be something that happens. Yes. Yeah. Because she said it. You know, if he sees my picture, my psychopathic husband uh, is going to come find me and try to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Owen and Amelia, they decided last episode they were giving their marriage... Uh, or not that they were giving their marriage a second shot, I guess, because they weren't really separated. But um, it seemed like they, they're making... Um, they're honoring their vow of in sickness and in health... What do you think is going to happen to them? I think that they might actually make it. I think that there's still going to be, you know, some discord. But I'm hoping that there's no more, you know, moving out and leaving and stuff like that. Um, That instead we have conversations and see things resolved between them. You want to talk about somebody who is going to need to go to therapy? Amelia does really need to now. She needs to start going to meetings. Yeah. Because she needs to deal with all the emotions that that release to DeLuca had to have brought out. Mm -hmm. She said it herself. She doesn't know who she is now. No. She needs to learn that. And, you know... Owen's a good guy. Owen, you know, he's gonna... He's gonna do everything that he can to make it work. And she needs she needs to put in the work, too. But I'm really hoping that they make it. Um, I, I so just want to see some of these couples stay together and just work through their stuff without always breaking up. Yeah, me too. Me too. Road maintenance, as uh, Sam used Because to you know it. what? Yeah, they've got a lot more. You can have medical cases. You can have intrigue and drama in the hospital. You know, okay, so you have a different approach to something. Have a disagreement. But, you know, um, I, I've been in a relationship. And just because you disagree on something doesn't mean you end it and throw it away because you disagreed. No. You know, you, you might give each other the silent treatment for a day or two you know other than yes no good morning have a good day no extra small talk might read a little bit longer and wait for somebody to be asleep before you go up I've done that once or twice (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't mean you end it and throw everything away agreed so they're they're handling things in a much more mature way so far this season so I'm kind of hoping we get some of that um yeah i want to be reminded why i like them together because it's been a long time of it's been they've been fighting for so long i i'm kind of i'm not fresh on why i like them so much together so i want to be reminded of that i'd also be interested honestly in addressing the fact that amelia left james like i'd like her to wonder about that what made her do that and even maybe if they want to bring back James, who was her fiancé in private practice. Uh, or no, they got engaged between her and the ending of private practice and her coming on, Grace. What was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd be interested in them talking about that. And uh, But I, 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 hope, I ultimately want them to make it. 
because as you yeah. said, you know, it's very, it's, at this point, it's much more interesting for me to see characters fix their issues and deal with their marriages rather than break up, make up, break up, make up, break up, make up. And um, yeah, we, we have, they've set the stage. I want an Addison appearance now, please. Yes, me too. The, the timing is right more than ever. It's perfect timing. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so Sophia, we have a mention of Sophia this episode. A few, actually. Uh, but one where it seems like Sophia wants to come home, maybe move back with Arizona. Um, so let's talk about what where this storyline might go. And maybe also tell us how you feel about Karina as a new love interest for Arizona. I think she's a ton of fun. I she's love her. Fun, me too. Love her. Um, I have to tell you that I, I've rewatched it a couple times to watch her facial expression. How do you feel? I don't know. I don't think that she's gonna be that she's gonna be instantly in on being somebody that has a child. Because everything about her is very spur of the moment and kind of impulsive. Mm-hmm. And she does what she wants when she wants to do it. I mean, that's, they're that's not... the sense I get from her. Yeah. And now, they're not in a relationship, I guess. Like, I, we haven't seen them really discuss. No, they're having fun. Yeah, exactly. So because yeah. I don't think Arizona's looking for serious right now. I think Arizona's just looking for, like, what she said to April. If you get to have some adult fun in the process, great. That's the feeling I have. Yeah. But I think that ultimately, given the choice of being able to have Sophia home, if Sophia is asking for it, I think that that is something that she would absolutely want and welcome. Agreed. It so reminded me, the first thing that went through my head was, if you love something, set it free. As soon as she worked out an agreement and said, okay, we're not going to use our child like a rope in a tug-of-war. This is what we're going to do. Ultimately, in the end, Sophia wants to come home. And it's probably not just about Arizona. It's probably about maybe liking Seattle more than New York. It might be that she might not like Penny. Penny's horrible. Who would like her? What a shocker. (laughs) That's okay. No, (laughs) Um, She might miss Zola. Oh, because yes. if Sophia's old enough to text, then she's old enough to Snapchat and Instagram with Zola. And it's possible she misses her friend, too. Yeah. Because when Sophia left, she didn't just leave her other mom. She left all these other people that were a part of her life. Yeah, Uncle Andrew, Uncle Alex, everyone. Yeah, and Zola, and Aunt Mare, and all these other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it um, might just not, she just might not like it as much. And if she's asking questions about Mark at all, which she's old enough to be asking questions about Dad, the only person that can answer them is Callie. Whereas back in Seattle, think of all the people that can answer some of those questions for her. All of them. Many of them. <laughs> With the exception of Maggie... All of them can go and answer questions. Yeah. About Mark for her. Yeah. 
Even Amelia, because Amelia has known him longer than anyone else, and with the exception of Weber. It kind of, you know, I've been very vocal on how this storyline was horrible and I don't even understand why they did it or what was the point of it other than kind of having this PSA about <laughs> your well, same-sex relationship, the, the character who's not the bio mom is as important, which, whatever. And, but, and you know. I, they, I honestly think they did a little bit of... Uh, of queer baiting without killing off a character. Because they knew that we would get up in arms and we would talk about it. I hated that storyline. But it feels like, like, I don't know, like, there's no, not really a way to fix it because I don't think Sara is coming back. So there's not really a way to fix it. But the other way they can readdress what's happened is by bringing back Sophia and making... Arizona being a mom, more of a part of her character storyline, I feel like, and, is is a way I'm you can... To... Yeah. I bet that's something Jessica wanted. Yeah. Everything feels like what the actors wanted. Jackson, like, the fact that we're really starting to address Jackson coming from a place of privilege when it comes to money is something I feel like is a conversation that's interesting that Jesse might want to have. You know? There's these, these all these components about the characters that feel like they mesh and they work with what we know, the little things we know of the actors. Yep. It's very interesting. You know, I, I, I know this isn't about Grace, but one of my greatest hopes is that with Shonda going to Netflix yeah. and the capacity for Netflix to do documentaries and things, that she and Jesse and Carrie Washington that the three of them get together and do something. That'd be amazing. I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be incredible. Amazing. Yeah. To come back to, to Corinna, one of the things I want from her, you know, I love what they're doing with her, this kind of very open to talking about sex character, and I, I love what they're doing with her about that, but I don't want her character to become just this one-track thing where everything is about making a joke about orgasms. You know, right. I just need substance to her. Which I think she's she's Andrew's sister. I think there's a lot of potential. Like, she seems to be developing into Arizona's love interest. Like, there's a lot of potential for her to get these dimensions. So I'm not really worried. But I don't want them to linger too much on the orgasm jokes. Right. You know. But... It's a good way to open up some conversation because here's the thing. They had the character make a good point. Americans can be a bit prudish about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least publicly. Privately, they're not as prudish about it, which is why we end up with a lot of problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. If, if parents were more open in the conversations with kids... Maybe you have uh, less teenagers running away and ending up in prostitution, less teen pregnancy, and, and other things. And talk to your kids so that your sons know it's not okay to slip something into a girl's drink, you know? And girls know that it's okay to say no, and that if something bad happens, 
it's also okay to speak up about that. But we don't have any conversations about the positive and good sides of it. So we make it so taboo and so negative Mm -hmm. that um, just there shouldn't be an air of mystery about it. When, no. when sex happens between two consenting adults and it's not in exchange for for money or favors, then, you know, hell, it can. It can be a lot of fun. And it's that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so much time not talking about it and, and that people go out there with no clue. Yeah. Yeah. And we become ashamed of talking about things where yeah. shame causes a lot of problems when it comes to sexuality. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. We repress a lot of things and we don't discuss things that we should be discussing for everyone's safety, as you've already mentioned. Um, well, that's, so. I mean, look at, if we had talked about safe sex for gay men, look at how much of the AIDS epidemic could have been slowed. Yeah. But yeah. no, no, because it's it's sex between two men. We can't talk about that. No, let's never no, talk about okay, it. Okay, just let them let's let them die instead. It just it, <laughs> Yeah. I get fired up. Yeah, I know. I know. So, <laughs> yeah, that's then those are my comments on Kar- Karina. I don't think there are um Am I forgetting big storylines? Well, okay, there's Ben training. I think we can assume with what we know, and this might be a spoiler to some, so if you really don't want to know anything about what's coming, skip ahead maybe a minute. But Ben training is probably training for firefighter um, test of sorts, I'm thinking. Yep. So we think that's that's probably likely going to happen. Um, we talked about Amelia, Joe's husband... Oh, something I didn't say about Joe's husband. I think one of the things, since we got introduced to this whole Joe was married thing, I felt like the storyline was kind of given to Alex, which I took great issue with. <laughs> but now it feels like it's going to be more of a Joe story. Like, I, of course, I think Alex is going to be involved and he's going to be supportive and he's going to be important in the storyline. But it needs to be Joe's story with her feelings her emotions, her decisions. And I think I'm, I'm pretty confident this is what it's going to be just in the comments Bailey made when uh, Ben and Joe were talking about violence against women. Well, that and the fact that everything about him in this episode was all Joe talking about it. Yeah. He's the one who went to Mayor and said, you have to take me off of that article. Yeah. And then she had the conversation with Ben. Yeah. And I love that she said, please tell me a secret so I don't feel like the only one exposed here. Yeah. I love that she now asked for that. Because I don't think that Joe would have asked for that before. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was great that at the end she's like, I hate him because he still has all the power. Yeah, me too. So she wants to do something about it. She just hasn't figured out what she can do or how to do it yet. Yeah. But she is getting ready. She is getting geared up to do something about this. Yeah, I, I agree. can feel it. Me too. Yeah, and I think it can be a very empowering storyline. And uh, yeah, I hope they 
I'm very hopeful it's going to be well well done, well addressed, and uh, yeah. Um, and I think there's is there anything big with Richard? There's kind of this. Oh, Maggie and Jackson. Here, let's talk about that. Maggie and Jackson. Is it dead? What's gonna happen? I. I think it's dead. Because you... they were both freaked out by Catherine's comment. Yeah. But interestingly enough, and I think that might be the one thing that fan feedback fed into a decision. That enough people said, um, you realize they're step-siblings, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that maybe somebody said, oh, yeah, that, that, that could be a little weird. Can they really overcome the attraction? Like, is it really... Are we going to have a Callie and Brandon from the Foster situation here? Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) Now, I realize they didn't grow up together. That they're step-siblings by marriage. Yeah, and they've never had the dynamic. Yeah, I understand all of that. But it's still weird. It's right? A, no, yes. But it's not... I know that there's, on all kinds of levels, it's not technically wrong. It's just weird. And how do you then, you know, when you're at a family event and Richard says, this is my daughter, Maggie, and Catherine says, this is my son, Jackson, and they've been married for three years and those are their two kids. Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Yes, we're not wrong. Yeah, and you know, you wanted to, I talk about not being prudish, but it's just, it's outside of the realm of something that I've ever been exposed to that I I think it's very strange. Yeah, it's also, for me, it was more of the way the narrative was built made no sense to me whatsoever. Like the fact that there was Montana, we never talked of that again. And then suddenly we have Jackson and Maggie. And that the way it was built up made no sense to me. That was more uh, the problem for me. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, and then had there not been those kind of inconsistencies with Jackson and April and then suddenly Maggie and Jackson and then on top of that the family component to it. I think they they're too they're they would be very interesting characters to see together. But yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not into it. I kind of hope it's it's over. <laughs> Me too. But um, I do want a love interest for Maggie. Like I, I'm very I, curious to see a love interest for Maggie. We got a bit a bit of it with Andrew, but I want more. I, I do want a love interest for Maggie. And you know what? I really... I want it to be outside of the hospital. Me too. I would be okay if she, if Ben found her a nice firefighter friend. <gasps> yes, a crossover thing. That would work for me. Yeah. 
There's going to be that now with the whole universe being it's expanded. If the Chicago yeah. universe is anything to go by, I don't watch it, but I hear lots of conversation uh, conversations about it on. Uh, yeah, I don't watch it either. Very good podcast called The Shipping Room, where they discuss ships and interest in different uh, types of relationships on TV. They talk about the Chicago universe uh, fairly often, and I hear like the different crossovers between relationships and uh, I think there's probably going to be that component now with Grays and their their new firefighter show right yeah it's going to be fun to see um, when is that show coming do you know oh they just cast the captain this week so um I'm not sure if it's a mid-season or a summer replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them doing, now that they have their captain, I could see them getting a mid-season, eight-episode thing ready for the spring. Yeah. There's going to be the gap to fill with how to get away, because they, they always have... Oh, and now about... Scan does Scandal get a full season? 18, 18 episodes. Okay. Okay. 18 episodes. And yeah, I, they've got some interesting decisions to make with Thursday night. Um, are you caught up on How to Get Away with Murder? Are you kidding? Yes. It's Bonnie. I watch How to Get Away with Murder is not a show I can get behind on for too long. Okay. So I'm going to throw <laughs> this out there um, because I, I had this crazy thought. They're in season four right now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think Viola originally signed on for five seasons. Mm -hmm. So that would mean that unless they're getting ready to redo some deals, next season would be the last one. I'm so, ABC and, is going to hold on to everything they can from Shonda now that she's left to go to Netflix. Trust me. Yeah. I believe like well, they're gonna milk it. Like we thought, Grey's Anatomy was gonna, never gonna end. Now it's even worse. I think with them not having Shonda creating new shows for them, I think they're gonna milk it forever and ever and ever. But you know what? If they write Grey's like they're writing it this season, I'm okay with it not ending. Yeah, me too. Actually, <laughs> me too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, because some of the storylines that they're doing this year uh, on how to get away with murder are ones that are very much, uh, if not in the news, if you are in the podcasting fan world, there's a lot of podcasts about our current criminal justice system and how in some ways it victim blames and um, how you know, public defenders and things are overwhelmed and defendants don't necessarily get the representation that they need. And how to get away with murder is taking that on full scale this season. Going yeah. right at it. Yeah. They want to so redo I, the whole world. And Lisa's like yeah. going to take it all out and redo it all by herself. Yep. But <laughs> I, I have to wonder if they're laying a stage in case she decides after five years that she doesn't want to do TV anymore. That's possible. 
That's something I've been talk thinking about. Like, so... Okay, so let's move on. We, we've predicted things. So let's make a segment about Shonda going to Netflix because it's too rich a subject not to talk about it for a little bit. So That's true. I've been very, very, very excited about this news. And one, there are two big reasons for this. So I've been, we've mentioned this before, but Grey's Anatomy having such large season orders every season and having so many seasons for a long time, it felt like it impacts the quality. You know, when you're working on 24 episodes within a small time frame, you have to admit that somewhere, somehow, something gets diluted and you work, you, f you can focus less on different aspects than if you're working on a 10 season order or a 12 season order over maybe a year. You know, so I think I'm very excited to see Shonda going to that format. We know, like, the first season was a smaller order. The small season of Grey's was amazing. It, it had a great arc. And I think her going back to, or doing a format like that is going to be so, so good. Like, it's going to be such quality, um, I feel like. So it's going to be nice to see her do that. Another thing I was thinking is... Shonda and her team managed to convince Viola Davis, amazing Viola, probably one of the top three actresses of our generation of our time ever, to come to TV to do 28 episodes, uh, 18 episodes of TV, or however many episodes of TV for, which is a big time commitment for an actress who can do Broadway, who can do movies who can do so many things you know she managed to convince someone to do that at a time where it was not as glamorous to do tv right so you have to think that shonda has that pull on big actors so now she has said that she has this netflix thing i think that is appealing to all actors she has a smaller it's a smaller time commitment because they don't have to fill twenty thousand million episodes a season imagine that freaking talent she can bring to her projects it's gonna be amazing yeah because the, the other thing that happened is that um denzel washington came and directed an episode of television that's true yeah uh there you know um just really the only thing i can kind of compare it to right now is that This Is Us is so huge that Ron Howard is on it. Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone was just on it. Yeah. I won't give you any spoilers because I know you're not caught up. No, I'm on season one, so. So there aren't many people in television right now that aren't working for a streaming service that can accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... I also think that not having to deal with commercials for cuts so that if you have an episode that's 58 minutes to not have to cut part of your process out yeah, is something that she would like. Because how many times have we seen scenes that they didn't finish, but we're like, oh, that should have been finished and edited in there, but you can't because you only get 42 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, there's also, I'm also very excited to see her without, 
I mean, I have no idea how much power the net the networks had on what e everything she wrote so far, but you gotta wonder her being free of that, how it's gonna impact her creative process. With no censoring, yeah. Yeah, like no, you don't have the sense like the the top dogs at ABC won't have a say. There's no ad. Like, there's no no one who can say whatever product will not be associated with whatever storyline. Uh, right. There's no pressure from that. There's... It's just... Ugh. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And she, she writes the best TV. She writes so... Like, her episodes are the best. Yep. She... Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I'm very excited. I think what I'm most curious about is who she's going to work with. So yes. Um, I, I can really see her um, dipping into the well of people that have worked in Shondaland already. Me too. And getting some of them. Um, because I, I, I think that the majority of Kate Walsh's recent work has been through streaming. That's true. She has, yeah. Um, yeah. I bet you that, I mean, Amy Brenneman did The Leftovers because mm -hmm. it was a shortened season show. So I could see Amy wanting to work with her again. Um, absolutely. When, you know, the, the cast of Scandal is going to be free and available. And somebody needs to keep Bellamy Young working. Yeah. Yes. Because my my love for Bellamy Young has grown more and more by each season of a scandal. And there was a couple moments in this week's last episode that I was just like, oh, she's just a national treasure. She is. Yeah. And I can't believe that we didn't really know about her that much. Right. She's it's definitely, so yeah, she's definitely one, I feel like the, the of all this candle cast, she's definitely the one that stood out most and consistently. I mean, and Carrie, you know Carrie, whatever, we're, no one's surprised. Carrie is the best forever, you know. She's not a standout. She was amazing before she joined Cat Scandal, but Bellamy, she, yeah. yeah. And here's, you know, here's the, the other thing that I didn't think to ask. Um, with Shonda Land's new deal, is she still going to be able to work with Linda Lowy? Because part of what has made Shonda successful, it isn't just her writing. It's that the right person is in the room with her and Betsy to get the right people to give those words life. Yeah, agreed. Because words without the right actors don't necessarily work. Because you've seen remakes of things that they don't change the script tons, um, but the cast doesn't doesn't have the chemistry that the original cast did, and it just doesn't work. Kind of flat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let's investigate. Let's find out. I think I think that's a. Uh... That's a good question. Um, all right. Is there anything more you wanted to discuss? Maybe Shonda related, Netflix related, or Grey's Anatomy related? 
No other than I'm very, very glad that you wanted to podcast with me today. How? I mean, first of all. Okay. So news on, on sports and I and our new podcast. So we have a podcast format. I cannot stay away from podcasting with sports. We And we have a format. I've just been <laughs> kind of busy with different things. And I've been procrastinating getting it up can, and running. We, but it's can coming. Can we tell people your awesome news? I got married. That? Is that what it is? is yes. What, yes, I got married. Kay is a newlywed. So I yeah. totally get doing the whole newlywed thing over yeah. over podcasting. I mean, you kind of gotta. But also, that means I don't get to talk about being a newlywed on a podcast, and that's sad. So maybe I should get to it, you know, so y'all can all benefit from all my stories. <laughs> yes, because I can confirm that now that marriage has happened, I keep seeing pictures of little kittens show up on Facebook with these little notes that I'm like, oh, no. Somebody wants a new kitten, and it's not Kay. <laughs> we're we're going to foster. Yeah, we're talking about fostering kittens. It's true. Because, you okay, know, we have so to get here's the... the thing. You know that if you foster, you're going to end up keeping them, right? Because she's not going to let them go. That's why, well, yes. that that That's part of the greater conversation. I mean, I don't live with her, and I know that. <laughs> but how can you, when you keep a kitty cat in your house, how can you give it away? Like, it's like babies. It's like, it takes a special strength of character to be able to foster children. And, uh, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So, more stories about our lives coming soon. Uh, we do have a podcast projects in the works. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we also popped in every once in a while to discuss Grey's Anatomy. So, keep an eye open. Meanwhile, you can always join sports on Twitter at at sportsfan12921 I do when I when I tweet about the episode I really do try not to be spoilery yes you're very good at that um, um, so if you want to talk to a, me about an episode after because there's a way unless you are looking at people's at replies if I put your name at the top other people won't see what I say to you Unless they want to see my replies. So then it can, we can talk about something in an episode and it won't be spoilery to other people who just want to read general timeline. That is true. There's also the Facebook group. Um, yes. The Grey's Anatomy After Party where uh, we post a thread for every, every episode. That's kind of where I've been live Facebooking, which... <laughs> Which I realize that maybe I should do it on, on Twitter. That's kind of what Twitter is for. But I don't care. I like to break the rules. I brought it to Facebook. <laughs> I go to on the thread and I post my instant reactions to the episode. So if you're interested in seeing the greater conversation that's happening there. And my instant take on the episode. You can go on the Facebook group at um, Grey's Anatomy After Party. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TSG Podcast. I also have a personal Twitter that I don't use all that much, but you can always reach me there. It's at K Wright. Right as in I'm not wrong. So R I G H T. Um, and we also have a Tumblr that is not necessarily super active since the podcast is not active on a weekly basis, but you can still follow us at the Seriously 
Gray's podcast at tumblr.tumblr.com. God, it's been a while since I've I've said this. <laughs> Just the Gray's podcast.tumblr.com, I think. Um, so yeah, you can follow us there. Um, and I don't have it seriously because nothing changes ever. Your turn, sports. <laughs> I'm sports, and I am seriously, seriously loving season 14 Grays, and I am grateful for Kay for many reasons today. Aww. I'm Kay, and I seriously suggest that if you have a Grey's Anatomy fan, friend, who's getting married, you frame a little blue post-it, and you give it to your friend so that they can write their vows on the post-it. We had a friend who did that, and we appreciated it immensely, and it's a great wedding gift. So, keep that in mind. Bye! Bye!